Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooler on summer break, and excited podcaster, ready to be here with you guys as we continue to move into the Milestone series where we've got this, this ball going, the ball's going, the train has left the building. We've already covered 12 to 18 months. Last week, we covered 18 to 24 months. This week, we're covering 24 to 30 months. And I cannot wait to get into things with you guys. But before we get started, I have one little announcement for you guys. I have been invited to talk next week on Tilt Parenting Podcast. And let me tell you, this is such an honor and a privilege to be able to be on this show, a part of this team just for a day, even if it's just for a day, I'm hoping I make you world changers proud. I'm going to be talking about early intervention with neurodivergent kids and neurodivergence is a, is a fancy word for kiddos who think differently and what parents can do and how we can help and support and how we can identify these things. A lot of stuff I talk to you guys about. So I'm going to go to another platform and talk to them about it. So I am hoping I make you guys proud. I am going to do my best. I am excited about this. So we're going to get right into things, y'all. All right. Now, as you know, last week we talked about three different areas that speech and language pathologists look at development with our little sugars. And just like when your sugar goes to the doctor's office and the doctor has their little checkoff list for milestones, so do speech and language pathologists. We have our own list of things that we look at for our little sugars that we want to make sure that they're mastering. And if they're not, we'll give you guys some tools to get you tooled up and ready to go and on your way. So these are the three areas that we look at. Receptive language, understanding of language, expressive language, the words that we use, and pragmatics, the social language piece. So for understanding language, this this time right now is like watching a flower blossom. It's like watching the caterpillar go from to, to that of a butterfly. It's like just the world opens up wide between 24 and 30 months. Right now, world changers, you should be or getting prepared to be tired on a whole different level. Now, when your sugar was a baby, you were tired because you didn't have any sleep. Right now, you're gonna be tired because this sugar is wearing you out. They are talking, they're asking questions, they're moving around, they're saying words that they weren't normally saying. You're hearing all this stuff going on and you're like, where did that come from? 24 to 30 months, that's that's where that came from. <laughs> this is also a lot of times when parents are like, they're in the terrible twos. It's not that they're being terrible. It's not that at all. It's just that everything that they've been watching is now starting to just, they're putting it into action. They're putting, they're, they're, they're just going in. They're, they're testing the limits. They're, they're trying to figure things out. They're also filling you out and, and figuring out what your boundaries are. And if your yeses are yes, and if your noes are noes, and ooh wee, you're going to need a mental nap, not a real nap, but a mental nap. So for receptive language, this is what we expect our sugars to do. Right now, during this time, we expect this big thing to unfold. Concepts. They didn't have concepts before. 
maybe a little bit of idea about the concepts when they're singing it in the song, like the itsy bitsy spider, right? Because they're talking about something that's itsy bitsy and they do the motions. But right now we're going to start hearing them say the big ball, the little ball. Um, it was a big ant. Or, oh my God, look at that big old donut. It was delicious. Or it was the tiny, itty, bitty, teeny, weeny ant. Because they get that now. And they're understanding that objects have different sizes. And that not everything size-wise is created equal. Another thing you're going to start hearing them talk about is one or all. Can I have one? Can I have one? It's never can I have one. Can I have one? Can I have one? One, 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 something, whatever you got, something they probably shouldn't have, but they want it, <laughs> right? And not only are they going to show you that they want just one, they'll also tell you when they want all. Can I have, can I have all of those cookies back, please, ma'am, sir? Can I have, can I have one Cheerio in my hand? Usually mealtime is the best time to find out whether or not they have the size concepts down because you know, food at their age that they prefer comes in smaller pieces. Can I have a Cheerio? Can I have one Cheerio? Can you put it in mommy's hand? Can I have all the Cheerios? No, I can't have all the Cheerios. Why can't I have all the Cheerios? Stuff like that. And so they're they're understanding, like, if I give you one, I'll, I'll still have some left. But if I give you all, that leaves me nothing. And they don't really like that because <laughs> they still want everything to be theirs. Another thing we expect to happen at this age is that our sugars are recognizing family members' names. Now, world changers, if you have an aunt that your sugar does not see ever, and you're like, well, they don't know Aunt Irma's name, well, come on, y'all. I'm talking about people who are, like, immediate to their environment, people they see every day, sister, brother, grandma, and grandpa, if they see them all the time, and not even just face-to-face, but even if it's like on video chat and they are able to make an association with that name, we should start seeing that right now. If it's somebody that they see all the time, we expect them to know that and we expect them to be looking for them when you say their name. Grandma's coming and you should see them kind of looking at the front door wherever grandma enters into the house. Or if grandma lives with you, then they're going to the room that grandma frequents most or where dad frequents most if you mention them. Another thing we expect our sugars to know at this point are locations. We're going to the park. We're going to the mall. We are not going to the mall. We're not even going to the park right now. But we are going to the grocery store. We're going on a walk. We're going, you know, wherever we're going. We might be going to daycare because that's kind of opening back up. But things that are meaningful to them right now, that's that's some stuff that they should know. We're going um, we're going to the grocery store. We're going X. We're going to grandma's house. They should know what that means. And not only should they know what that means, but they should also, you should also kind of pay attention and see if they're getting objects associated with what that means. If we're going on a walk and that means we're getting our pail in our bucket, then you should see them getting their pail in their bucket because they associate that with every time we go on a walk, mommy gets the pail in the bucket and we go and we dig in the dirt and it's a great time, but you should be seeing some of that. Or you might see them going to get their shoes. Or if you live in a cooler uh, place, then maybe they're getting their light jacket or their sweater. But you should see them like getting excited for the things that they want to go and do and for the places that they prefer and they enjoy. 
Another thing that you should see during this time is them following one and two step commands. Now, they've been practicing this since 12, the 12 to 18 month age range, but it might be getting a little bit more complex. You might be asking them to get their cup and take it to the sink or pick up the block and give it to daddy or clean up all their toys and go take a bath, things like that. And the reason that we expect them to understand more complex commands at this time is because they're understanding more vocabulary. And at this point, we should be paying attention because, well, the more that they understand, the more that they can carry out. And the complexity of the directions that we give them is based on, guess what, what they understand. If you're feeling like they're not following through, then help them. And that just simply means use your hand and their hand and walk them over to whatever it is that you want them to carry out. If you feel like they're ignoring you, guess what? Still help them. Grab their hand and show them what you want them to carry out. We don't shy away at this point when they're not following through. And the reason that we don't shy away is because, again, they're testing the limits. And so we want to make sure that whatever we're asking them to do, that they're taking us seriously, especially if we want to be taken seriously. And so we want to help them along in this way. Another thing that we'll see our sugars doing during this time is identifying at least one color. And what I mean by identifying at least one color, that means like if you're looking in a picture book and there's a yellow sun, show me the yellow sun. Look at the yellow sun. It's so pretty. And you should see them looking that way. And again, you don't even have to ask them to show me. You could just like, oh, look at the yellow sun and see if they look that way or anywhere in that direction. Oh, where's the blue shirt? Go get your blue shirt. And they come back with the shirt that's blue. And so don't be surprised at this point if your sugar is identifying all colors at the same color because it's totally normal. They're still figuring it out. This is another concept for them. And so this is unlike the size concept. This this concept is a little bit more abstract. I mean, think about it. If I say give me the blue shirt, well, what color blue? Dark blue, midnight blue, aqua blue, sea blue, blue, blue. Green, blue, yellow, blue. Remember that in the Crayola box? They got the yellow, blue and the green, blue and the ah. So <laughs> they're still trying to like organize that. So them just identifying one color is more than enough. And world changers, again, I still don't want you guys getting stuck on if my sugar knows the color or if they don't know the color, because that only tells us so much. We really want to still take this time to be super intentional about I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen, and we're having a meeting of the minds more so of what is, what is, what is, what is, what is. Like, don't, don't, don't turn this time into a quiz. It's not fun. It's not fun for them. And honestly, I think you could get a whole lot more out of them if you're making it fun for them and making it fun for you. Another thing that we expect them to do is identify four common objects by their function. Now, don't throw nothing at me because... It is common for nobody to do this with their kid unless they are in my field or a field that's related and they know the parent knows that this is something that their child should master. What does it look like when we're saying identify common objects by function? What do you drink with? What do you eat with? What do you talk on? What do you play with? So these are things that they're doing all the time. It's just we never think about like making sure our sugar knows them, but really it helps us know 
how much they understand about what's going on in their environment. And usually at this point, they know some stuff about some stuff because you've given them their bottle a million times and they've drank out of a bottle a million times. By now it should be sippy cup though, but they've, they've drunk out of something a million times. So they know that this is what you drink out of. And they know the fork is what you pick up and eat with. And the spoon is what you pick up and eat with. And so we expect them to know that even if we're not quizzing them on that. And you also might notice that they're responding to simple questions. If they're responding, no, (laughs) they're responding. No, I know they're responding. No, they still respond. No, when they get older, Mm. but if they are responding, no, that's fine. Um, As long as they're responding, as long as they're giving you some kind of orientation that they understand what you're saying And they're giving you some kind of response. That's all we're really looking for. 50-50 chance they're going to say no. But you might hear them responding to other things. Baby, are you hungry? Baby, are you sleepy? That's usually a big old fat no. Ask me if I'm sleepy. I'm going to tell you yes. But at their age, they're going to say no because they want to see everything going on around them. Why? Because everything is interesting at this point. And so they're not going to want to go to sleep because they're going to want to stay awake because they're going to want to see stuff because it's fun. And we also expect them to know new words, new words pretty quickly. How do we know if they know new words quickly? We show it to them within context. Look at the gaflurgan. It's flopping all over the table. Go get the gaflurgan. And then you see them go get the gaflurgan. There's no such thing as a gaflurgan. I, yeah, made that up. But you'll know by showing them. And not even really asking them, but just showing them in context of whatever it is. Because again, right now, their minds are like sponges. And so they're picking up everything that's going on. The other thing that we expect is for them to understand 500 or more words. This one's a tough one and it's complex. And the reason why it's so complex is because nobody takes inventory on how many words our sugar knows. Or let me rephrase that. Very rarely do people know how many words their child understands. I can tell you, I never took inventory on how many words my child understood. I may have taken a little bit of inventory on the words they were using, but definitely not on how many they understand because it's hard to take inventory on what your child understands. But I can give you some some clues on to what you could look for to kind of help you along the way. So right now, as your sugar enters in the 24 to 30 month age range, we expect them on the low end to have 50 words entering into 24 months. That's the low end. And so if your little sugar has 50 words and you're talking to them in three or four word phrases a majority of the time, then chances are they understand a whole lot more than that 50 words, they probably understand more along the line of 300 words. If you find that you're still only using one word with them because it's taking a little bit longer for them to follow through with what you're saying or you're not feeling like they're understanding you, then they understand a little bit less. If you feel like you're able to talk in complex sentences with them, then chances are they probably understand 500 or more words. In complex sentences, I'll say anything that's four or more words. Go to the store, uh, go get the baby. Let's go outside to play. Um, Let's see. 
I'm going to get my keys so we could go to the car. If you if you find yourself using those kinds of sentences with your sugar, then they understand a pretty good amount and they're on the right track. So that wraps that up for receptive language, expressive language, the words that comes out of their mouth. We expect them to use two to three word phrases frequently at this point. The reason why is because once you get to 50 words, you should automatically be using two word phrases. We should see some variety in the phrases that they're using, and they should be using them as opposed to the whining, the crying, and the grunting to get their wants and needs met. Now, they might still be using some pointing with their words to show you. And a big part of that is because everything around them is still super interesting and it's super new and they're really excited. And so they're going to want to get your attention for you to look. At some point, a few milestones ago, we were asking you to do the pointing and see if they look. Now they've the tables turned and they're pointing and they're talking and they're expecting you to now look at what they're looking at and tune into what they want you to see. And so we expect during that time for the vocabulary to expand and for them to comment on things and for them to talk about things that are really important to them. Another thing that blossoms during this time, they start asking for help. Yes, it's beautiful. Help, please. Help me. Why? Because they want your support to help them meet their needs because now they've discovered that they have needs and they can advocate verbally for themselves to get those needs met. Remember when they were a baby, they were crying to get those needs met, right? Remember, it went, wah, wah, wah. You, you knew by the cry if they were sleepy, hungry, thirsty, wanted you to entertain them, gassy and all that. But now it's shifted. The tables have turned. They're now using their language to tell you exactly what they need. Uh, one cookie, one wawa, uh, I sleepy, I hungry, I potty, things like that. If you see during this time, if you're paying attention and tuning in, world changers, I know you're tuning into this because I'm tooling you up. If your sugar is not really using two to three word phrases and they're not really coming to you to meet their needs to, to get their needs met through you. I'm going to save you some heartache and some some just some trials and some grief. If they're not asking for help for anything, if they're not seeking you out, it's probably not a great time to start potty training. <laughs> I know, I know. We don't want them to jump ahead of the game. We don't want you to jump ahead of the game. I want you to sleep at night. I want you to have your peace in the house. If your sugar's not asking for personal needs to be met, then it's really hard to place such a big demand on them to tell, to have them tell you when they need to go to the restroom. That's a tough one. And so if there's not a lot of language there or they're a sluggish speaker, it's probably not the best time to focus in on like, let's tell me every 30 to 40 minutes that you need to go to the restroom. If anything, we just want to build up the vocabulary and build up the comfort level for them to seek you out for help. Remember, right now, they're making that huge shift from crying and, and whining to get needs met to using language to get their needs met. 
And so if you're really not hearing them use a whole lot of language, now is not the time to start potty training. Just give it a few months, practice some of the tools that I'm giving you guys, and then see if it's a good time to start that. Another thing that we expect our sugars to do is imitate two unrelated words upon request. And usually these are the words that you guys are super motivated for them to start saying to you because you're tired of them not saying it or you feel like they can say it or it's not consistent enough. Sometimes it's in the form of a greeting. Tell them bye. Bye, Susie. Um, Tell them thank you. Say thank you. I gave you something. I need you to say thank you. Oh, you want something? Say please. Please, mommy, please, daddy. So those are the two unrelated words. And again, these are usually like those social things that we want to see our sugars um, doing because they're not always necessarily doing it unless they're motivated to do it. So now is the time where you're probably doing a little bit of like say this to get through that because this is socially appropriate. Another thing that we're going to hear during this time is the building up of pronouns. Me, I, we, he, she, this is where the snitch comes out. Oh my gosh, you don't believe me? Think about it. She hit, he hit, he threw, he, he's, she, somebody did something and they don't usually like it. And that's where the snitch comes out and they start reporting on other people. And sometimes you even get reported on. They go and tell grandma or tell whoever they're going to tell on you. Like, like something's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Well, if you got a mom like mine, something might happen, but still, that's not the point. The point is that this is the time to where you're going to start hearing those pronouns. I, I sleepy. I'm, I know I'm sleepy. I'm hungry. I'm this, I'm that. I, 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 because again, 24 to 30 months, they're really interested in you knowing the stuff that they know, because again, everything is super new to them. And this is so exciting for them because not only is it new and they're seeing it, but now they can say it and you can understand it. And they're excited because you can understand it. And so now they're just, they're going crazy. It's fun for them. This is also where you're starting to hear those action words. And this pairs up with those pronouns. Soon as you start hearing pronouns, guess what? You're going to hear actions because everything is is coming along with something happened. He hit, she bit, he kicked, he threw. It's usually, again, it's the snitch, the snitch complex. They start telling everything. They start telling on you. Mom might tell dad or tell, he might, little sugar might tell what mom did or what dad did because they're reporting everything because they're paying attention to actions. And this is why it's so important for us to clean up our language around this time because guess what? They're picking that up too and they're imitating that as well. But they're, they're reporting on everything because again, it's exciting, it's fun. And it's new and they don't they don't know that they're snitching. They, they're just commenting. <laughs> we call it commenting in speech world. It's really snitching. <laughs> but they're commenting on the things that go on around them. And again, um, another thing we might see from them is them naming one color. Now, remember, not only Are they understanding the concept and learning the concept of a color? Remember, I gave you the example of the millions of blues. They're probably going to name something by color and it's probably going to be the same color for everything. That does not mean your sugar is behind. It simply means that they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out how to organize these colors by things. They know it's a color. 
They're not going to use the word color, but they're going to say the color. And so we call that like an overgeneralization, which means they're just using one word for a lot of things. But as long as you give them the, the proper word in the right context, it will be fine. They will organize it. Don't lose sleep over it. Don't lose sleep over it. Again, to me right now at this age, it's not as important for them to master these um, these concepts as much as it is for them to have the ability to use their language to get through their day. Another thing that I expect them to do and the final thing that I expect them to do during this time is to respond to greetings consistently. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine. You're going to start hearing that now and they're going to start going back and forth with you and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? Well, it came from you. Well done, because they've been watching you all along and they've been watching the people around them use language for social purposes. And so this time is really exciting because, again, we're starting to see this language just grow. Um, We're starting to see, again, the five to seven new words every week. We're starting to see them speaking in two to three word phrases. And if you feel like at any moment, like, hey, my sugar is using a word and I heard them use this word, but then I didn't hear them use that word again. Or I feel like maybe my sugar heard this word a few days ago and then they used it, but it's not in context and it makes no sense to what's going on around me, then I want you to go ahead and seek out some support. Now, you could either go to your pediatrician and tell them what you're seeing, or you can um, reach out to a speech and language therapist in your area. A lot of them will give you so much time for a consultation before they charge. I would reach out to them and simply ask them, just run down to them what's going on, what it is that you're hearing and what it is that you're seeing. Now, this is much different than if like little sugar has an older sibling and they're just randomly imitating what they hear um, older siblings saying, because that happens a lot during this age, too. But I'm talking about if you're hearing words only one time and then you're not hearing it anymore, or if they're using a word that they overheard and it's a pretty complex word or a pretty complex phrase, but it makes no sense as to what's going on, that I want you to get some help around that because there might be some processing going on. And we want to make sure to address that as early as possible, because remember, again, the earlier that we as speech therapists are able to intervene, the more we can undo so it doesn't become a persistent problem as our sugars get older because remember the reinforcement thing is real every time you do something it reinforces that it's okay and so we don't want to reinforce the bad things or the things that we don't want bad was not a great descriptor but we don't want to reinforce the things that we don't want we want to reinforce what we want to see the the right behavior and the right responses um, around So that kind of wraps it up for the expressive language piece. And if you have any questions around that, please feel free to email me at questions at I've got this kid.com. The final section that we're going to cover today is the social piece, the pragmatic piece. This is where our worlds start to come together. Remember, you understand language, you use language, you put it together so you can get along in the world around you. Crucial, crucial at this point. Our 24 month to 30 month old sugars are so interested in us being a part of their world and us seeing things from their perspective, which is why I want you to take the time to sit back and observe. 
follow their lead. Be a part of their world. Don't don't try to come in and take over for them and convince them that what you're doing is way cooler than what they're doing, because in most cases to them, it's not because everything to them is a new discovery. And so I want you to make sure that you're becoming a part of their world and not taking over their world. Become a part of their play. Don't take over their play. And it takes a level of vulnerability to be able to just come in and confidently sit down and just join in the fun without trying to like sway it your way or make things go your way. Try to shy away from that as much as possible because the way that we learn from others is by observing. And the same holds true for our little sugars. And socially, pragmatically right now, this this is really fun because this is where we hear all kinds of good stuff come out of their mouths. So if I, I were you, I, I would pay attention. One of the things that we expect to see them do is show affection. Showing affection towards people, showing affection towards their pets, showing affection towards the things that they own. Now, during shelter in place, I am practicing virtually, which means that I am seeing my patients on the screen. Everybody, I get to see them on the screen and it's really fun. And we sit down and we play and we have a great time together. And what I have noticed is when they're excited to see me, they'll do one of these numbers and they'll get really close to the camera and they'll try to give me a kiss or they'll try to give me a hug or they'll try. They'll even try to share toys with me through the camera and they don't get upset that I can't like physically grasp them. I just join in the fun with it. And so I think that that's totally appropriate at this point because they're like, hey, I haven't seen you in a week. I'm glad to see you. How's it going? That's their way of kind of getting that out. And so we expect them to start showing that affection when somebody comes in the door. If it's somebody familiar, if dad or mom is coming home or sibling is coming home and they see him come through the door, expect them to run up to you and give you a big hug or pad or something to show that they're excited. Their little faces light up. It's a beautiful thing. The pet is probably being tortured right now. And it's not because they're trying to be mean. It's because for one, they physically are kind of like they don't know what to do with their person and so they don't quite have that great control and so the pet suffers but they really do mean well so the pets probably look like this and the kisses probably look like head bangs <laughs> same with their toys again it's like that that beating on the head pat instead of like a gentle touch all you got to do prompt them and tell them gentle touch gentle touch gentle touch but we should be seeing them show some kind of affection Another thing we expect them to do is react positively when you praise them, when you give them rewards, when you give them a promise of a reward, reward, not an award, a reward, world changers. It is so important for us to affirm our kids, not just during this time, but all the time. And we want to give them that affirmation and that praise because they feel good about themselves when you do it. If you notice, when you egg a little two-year-old on, and what I mean by egg them on, I mean like get them riled up. I am good for getting a kid riled up. It is funny watching them. Oh, that's a very handsome looking toy you've got there. I, let me see you use it. That is a, oh man, that is a, is that your doll? It, that's a good job patting your doll on the head. Stuff like that. And no, it's not belittling them or being demeaning to them. It's really because they really like that affirmation. They really like to feel like you appreciate what they're doing 
or acknowledging what they're doing and just showing praise to what they're doing. And so I want you to be careful during this time because I'm 24 months, they're in everything. And I mean everything. And even the stuff they don't have no business being in, they're into that too. And some, I know. So what do we do with that? We direct. We direct them to what we want them to do. If we give them 50 no's, and not one ne- yes to anything. There's no yeses, but a bunch of no's. That's discouraging. Can you imagine if you went to work and your boss told you that everything you was doing wrong all day long and no, 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 no. And you're being yelled at all day. Like, why, why even show up for the party? Like, clearly you don't think I'm good at my job. I don't need to be here anymore. Same with our sugars. So let's make sure that we're finding that like that sweet spot of like, I'm going to discipline you when yes is yes and no is no. But if you're like exploring the world around you and I'm misinterpreting that as you're being bad or you're doing bad, they're not doing bad. They're curious. Remember, everything is new to them. They don't know. And so you have to make sure to like redirect with some direction. So get them away from what you don't want them to do and direct them to the things that you want them to do and let them know what's okay. Now, if they do one of those numbers to where they're like, and they're looking at you because they know they're doing wrong. Okay. Like fair is fair. Get them. But if it's like they just kind of casually went over and started looking, then just redirect them in love and show them what they are allowed or permitted to do. A lot of times sugars explore because they're trying to fill their time or they're trying to look for something in their time or to fill up their time or whatever it was that they were doing is no longer um, really interesting anymore. And they need like a change. They need a shift. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know what Try it and tell me how it goes for you. How about that? All right. The other thing we expect our sugars to do is show awareness of the presence of other kids. So if little sugar is sitting here, this is one sugar and other little sugar comes right here. One little sugar should start looking at the other little sugar and the other little sugar should start looking at the other little sugar and at least make some kind of acknowledgement. That doesn't mean that they're going to start doing together. But it does at least mean that they are playing side by side. It doesn't mean that they're going to be great sharers at this point. It just means that they're going to show some kind of awareness that the sugar is there. And they're probably even going to show that they enjoy that sugar to be there, the other little sugar. And they enjoy, they're probably going to show that they have some preference at this point. Because again, sugars at this age has, have, have preferences. They've been had preferences. They start having preferences really young for what they like, what they don't like, what's interesting to them, what's not interesting to them, just like we do. And guess what? They gravitate towards the people that are interesting to them, that are fun with them, and that they have things in common with. And so pre-COVID, say you're at the park, you might see your sugar is at the slide. Guess what? It's going to be with all the other sugars who like the slide or the sugar is at the swing. Guess what? The other sugars are at the swing or little sugar at daycare likes Legos. Well, guess who his friend is probably going to be the person that likes Legos as well. So at this age, they're making those common bonds. They're making those social bonds. It's a social connection. And they're probably even using some language together and talking together and protesting with each other and doing all kinds of other fun stuff. 
The final thing that we're going to see our sugar doing at this point is responding to his or her name pretty consistently, pretty consistently. They hear their name. They're looking. They're probably even responding with a sound. Huh? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Something along those lines to let you know that they heard you and they're ready for you to tell them what whatever it is you want to tell them. Important, important, important. Everything's important, Sharina. I know it is. It is because it all builds on each other. But this is important because they're showing you I'm ready to talk when you are. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to listen. And then I'm ready to talk back. If your sugar is not showing you any kind of sign, yes, no, yes, something, and they're not attending and they're not focusing, which means they're probably not taking in what you're saying or they're ignoring you, or it might be time to get some hearing testing done. And I haven't advocated for that a lot at this point, but it is really important if you are unsure whether your child understands you or can hear you to go ahead and take that extra step and get their hearing checked just to rule it out. Because once we can rule that out, then we can um, rule in what is going on. Is it an attention thing? Is it a focus? Is it that they're having a hard time coming into your world? We can figure that out at this point. And so the ball's in your court. You've got the tools now. You know what your sugar should be doing. And honestly, world changers, You can feel on the inside and see if your sugar is not doing the things that we expect for them to be doing at this age. And I want you to also keep in mind, too, that we don't want to use other kids to compare our sugar's progress, but we also want to keep it in the back of our mind of what our sugars should be doing. And if you're a casual listener and you have a friend who has a little sugar, who may or may not be doing these things, direct them to listen to this information or give them the information. Either way it goes, we're better together as a community. And as we learn this information and we understand the milestones that our sugars are supposed to have during specific timelines, then it makes it so much easier for us to figure out, does our sugar measure up and what can we do to support them because sometimes it doesn't even take me coming into your home or a person like me coming into your home. Sometimes it just takes simple tweaks in the way that you're relating to your sugar or how you're paying attention to your sugar or what you are presenting to your sugar to get their attention. Now, bear in mind during this time too, that, you know, sitting our sugars in front of like technology for hours does not build up these skills. And so the best way that we can build up these skills during this time is during these interactions with us, these interactions with their peers, the interactions with the world around them. And don't get me wrong. There are some rich, meaningful shows out there that give a lot of great content and a lot of great information, but there's nothing that will take the place than you sitting down with them or a sibling sitting down with them and just being with them and doing with them and them learning and testing out that information for themselves, because that's how we learn. And we refine, we refine through that learning. I mean, even think about it through social media, we're still in community with other people, no matter how we present the information, we're still in community together and we're refining 
based on that. I just don't want that to be your first go-to for your sugars learning when you have so much more to offer. Believe me, you do. So that wraps it up for me today on my end. Um, Make sure to tune in on Friday for bonus materials. Have you guys been enjoying the Friday bonus play material? Let me know if it's been helpful, if you've been using it, if you've been passing that information along, go ahead and feel free to share it on your page. I'm okay with that. Make sure that you check it out on my Instagram page or on my Facebook page, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist. All right, y'all. Until the next time, take care.